Hi, I'm James. And I'm Drew. And welcome to Graphic Support Group, a mindful podcast for the design industry and the self, where empathy and the creative cloud meet. Join us as we delve into the mind and soul of graphic design, from PSDs to PTSD. This is Graphic Support Group. Episode of Graphic Support Group. Um, I'm James. I'm Drew, and we are here with. I hope I pronounce your last name right, Stephanie Specht. Yeah, really good. Uh, a Belgian designer who we admire a lot. Uh, who I'm gonna kind of paraphrase from your website bio, if that's all right for you. Uh-huh. Uh, I know it's a little awkward, but. Uh, She's uh, been a graphic, an independent graphic designer since 2006. Um, she graduated from the Royal Academy of Fine Arts in Antwerp um, and has lived and worked in many places, including Cape Town, Brussels, Princeton, New York, and Antwerp. Um, and her clients are many, but many people have probably seen her work for the uh, Royal Academy of Fine Arts in Antwerp, among other very incredible, uh, colorful, typographically amazing uh pieces so thank you so much for for uh joining us like we're we're really big fans and uh we're really excited to like learn more about you and what goes into the work and your mindset and all of that fun stuff so thank you (laughs) yeah thank you for Uh, the nice introduction always yeah yeah uh, Awkward when people Um so I guess we'll jump right into it. Uh we have another recurring question that we like to start things off with. Um how are you feeling about design today? Um that's a difficult question. Um You can answer it in so many ways. Um, I'll just answer it from what comes to my mind. Um, I think it's it's always a very important tool, but now even more than ever, because people have to spend so much time at home during the lockdowns, and it's like became even a bigger tool to to communicate. I think Um, all the, the yeah. How was I say the collaborations between people um, during those times, but also many actions that people are taking to help others. Um, goodwill projects. I think graphic design is helping this um, go up a little bit. Um, mm. That's first. That's the first thing that come that comes into mind because I think bef- before. Like the lockdowns, of course, like it, it was, it's always about communication. But um, yeah, for example, like for the school, Royal Academy for Fine Arts, where I, I make a lot of work for them. Um, yeah, their, their main tool to com- communicate during those times where all the students were at home was Instagram and newsletters. Um, so then, yeah, I think graphic design is really important then. Mm. All the posters I produced in the first year I was working for them only only were digital. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess that it's funny because this project started during the pandemic, right? Uh-huh. And uh, and I feel like a lot of that stuff that you were just discussing, we never really put words to it, but I do think it all all this like kind of energy of like you know like the self-help world and the design world like merging in some capacity is Mm -hmm. maybe inspired slightly by that Mm because I do remember you know that whole flood of just like more goodwill and positive energy and like wanting to help organizations Mm -hmm. specifically in the U.S. like with uh, racial justice and stuff like that so 
Yeah. Yeah. I think it's kind of probably the reason why we're talking now a bit too. Yeah. It's like everyone feels more connected. Yeah. yeah. I like that as like kind of communication support and helping people stay connected through design without, without the normal threads of connection. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like posters have always been very important but um, in these situations, they became even more important. Just like you say, like, for example, like the first thing that I recall in the last two years was the whole like Black Lives Matter movement. Like suddenly it was like a flood of graphic designers coming, like taking a stance and, and, and it goes around the world, you know, and then it just became more and more for so many reasons. Um, and I think because of that, because we lived more online, more people were confronted, or confronted is maybe not the right word, but like more people um, came, yeah, came in touch with graphic design because the Instagram algorithm probably as well, like people got it in, in, in their feed, like graphic design posters yeah. in their feed while they more in another situation they wouldn't have. So, yeah. Right. It does seem like, too, I mean, I think the academic world of design has always been pretty international, but I do think popular design in the sense that, like, graphic design that, like, lay people are aware of is, like, very international now. Like, even the fact that we're talking to, like, people in Belgium and Germany and all this stuff for the podcast feels like a little bit it's like very hopeful in that sense that like everybody's sort of part of the same community now. Whereas I feel like the European community or like the South American community of design used to be like a little bit more disparate. Yeah. I think people are more willing to be connected and get in touch because the barrier for entry is, is Mm -hmm. lowered. And yeah. yeah. Um, I think we also sent you a question. I don't know how prepared you are for it, but I think we would. Did we send it? I don't even know. I, I think I, I sent it. Um, so the question is, what experience from your career has affected you psychologically or emotionally? I had to think a little bit about that, but um, there's a couple of um, situations, but I think the most important one was uh, an event that happened to me in um, 2017, if I'm correct. Okay. Yeah, so 2017. Um, and it changed my whole life on like every single level that or every single possibility. Um, so I was, I had a false uh, diagnosis of cancer. So I had um, a tumor in my arm and I wow. had some scans, etc. And uh, so, yeah, I got this diagnosis. So for Two weeks, my whole life was just, um, yeah, different, completely different. And um, I, it was in a, in a time that I was working like non nonstop, and I had no free time. I was not living in the moment. I was not watching my my diet. Um, very little quality time with friends. And like 100% focus on designing. And um, so the, the tumor I had was in my right arm. So it's the arm that you use every day. And I couldn't, I couldn't um, stretch my arm. So my arm was like for a couple of months, like just in this skew position. And um, so when I got this diagnosis, I was like, no, it's not true. I was, it was super strange. I was in complete, um, how do you say, um, denial, like I think a lot of people when you get that. And even though I could see on the scans, like I had this, uh, yeah, like, what's it called, PET scan? Um, Mm -hmm. And I could see the tumor on on the screen. And And the first thing that came to my mind as well was like, okay, it got there, so it can also get... Get, um, can go out of my body. Something very strange, like it's there, but it can also be healed. 
Uh, but of course, if you say that to someone in a hospital, they're like, you are crazy, blah, blah, anyway. And so I was pretty stubborn with that. And um, so from my 100% focus on my work, I had to go 100% on my body and mental health as well. And I started to get like a lot of different opinions from a lot of different doctors, like a lot of different fields. And um, I'm going to try and keep the story short, but eventually I um, had to go to the, yeah, it's like the biggest hospital in Belgium, KU Leuven, and um, to visit like oncology. And this woman, uh, surgeon, tells me like you have to get uh, surgery and I was still like no no I'm gonna try to heal myself um, and I found someone else uh, like not a typical doctor to say so and I was surrounded by four people who were all having different alternative um, healing um, practices um, and so for six months long, I only focused on my health. And I, so I was not able to work at all. So I had my, like my, my office, but I was not able to do a thing. Um, and it helped me so much in thinking about how I was working, how I had been working for all these years. Like I, at that time, I think I was working for 13 years. Um, and um, slowly, like the tumor went away. So it turned out it was, so after two weeks, I found someone uh, who did a better, um, how do you say, um, look, took, took a, a better uh, yeah, look at it, diagnosis, and said like, it, yeah, of course it's a tumor. I, I, I saw it as well, but um, the malig malignous state, was very very little um so it could it could get better you know um so anyway after six months my tumor was gone and um i i don't know i was like super super happy of course and i felt really really powerful because i did a lot of like inner works um and from then on i just made like really big promises to myself like Never work with a client where you get from the beginning, the, the, maybe it's just a single second that they make you feel uncomfortable or that you feel stressed from the client. Like, don't do it because it will just, yeah, like tear you apart. It will drain your energy. Um, also, never take on like a project where you feel that the deadline is like not good for you, that you cannot that you cannot handle it. I used to do this all the time. Um, from time to time, I still take on a project where I feel, okay, the deadline is tight, but I have confidence in myself that I can pull it off. Um, but the main thing was really like the people who I was surrounded with and uh, working with. And in a way you can compare it to um, what a lot of people experience during the lockdowns, like the people who are just really, really meaningful to you, they stayed in your life, even though you couldn't see but the people who were still who were in your life, but you always felt like, yeah, it's okay, but you know, we don't really need each other, or I wouldn't really miss you. They they just they disappear. They really disappear because you're not there. Um, and I did, yeah, I did the same already uh, back then, and um, I found yeah some more peace. Um, I was watching my health, yeah, of course, like more closely. Um, I started doing acupuncture. Um, I mean, like, I, I, I don't do acupuncture, but I have acupuncture. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I got more into, um, yeah, like sound therapy um, and just alternative, like, healing uh, things. Wow. Um, and my work is still a priority, but in a completely different way than it used to be. Um, I will mm -hmm. always put my health first, and I think I produce the best work when I'm in a good mode, like I'm relaxed. So therefore, you first need to be able to relax and to be yeah, healthy. Long story, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would also love to hear like some of the details about like what 
your like routine now or then like from then and then like what's stuck with you in terms of like how you maintain because i know it's like easy for us to talk about you know like oh i'm i like for when i hear somebody say like oh i'm thinking of my health more i'm like that's awesome like what what should i be doing like what could you maybe tell other designers that what does that look like for you i guess um first of all it's really strange but um i don't really have a routine uh, because personally i feel if i have a routine i get i get stuck and i get into a comfort zone of of foods of kind of drinks um of exercise so i try to switch it up like all the time um mm-hmm. And I take it as far as in my work as well. So I try to do a lot of different jobs. And I know like not like not everyone is able to do that. But if you can, you should. Because it's super good to refresh yourself. Um, I stopped drinking coffee a couple of months ago. And I feel perfectly fine. Uh, it was really hard for one week only. And then I was fine. Um, I, when I feel creatively blocked, like I really, I go outside, like it doesn't matter what kind of weather it is. I go outside, I step away from my computer. Um, and I spend a lot of time in nature and I didn't, I didn't do that before enough, Uh, but I feel like I need to, how do you say, like ground myself a lot. I recently saw this documentary, uh, it, it was called like earthing. And it was really about one hour about importance of how we connect to the earth with our bare uh, feet. We're always walking around on rubber and, uh, yeah, that's the right word, right? Um, Therefore, we get like static energy and we're not connected with the earth. And it's proven that even if you are like maybe two minutes barefoot on the earth, like your whole body, like just um, shifts, like all the cells, like everything is just like in a positive flow again. And I try to do that uh, as much as I can. Um, It's not always easy, but um, these little, little things um, to me are important. Uh, But and screen time. So I switch to light phone and I try to not be on my iPhone a lot I can't when I'm outside because I don't have a SIM card in it. Uh, but I used to be on my phone like the whole time. I was like really addicted. Everyone was telling me like you're addicted, you're addicted. I was like, no, it's okay, I'm just working. Um, but then when I got rid of the iPhone, um, I got also more time to be yeah in the now, like in the moments. Um, and when I was like out with friends or speaking to people, I'm really there. I'm not. Yeah in my phone but I'm there so that has been like a really good change for me as well Welcome. Thank you for being here. I'd like you to take a moment to appreciate yourself and to reflect on how you've chosen to spend your day. Take note of the fact that you've set aside this valuable time to learn more about your industry and be open to its infinite possibilities. You are here. It is now. You are surrounded by like-minded thinkers, colleagues, friends, acquaintances, role models, and perhaps even some adversaries. You may be feeling overwhelmed, envious, inspired, hopeful, hopeless, anxious, eager, tired, burnt out, or energized. Wherever you are, take a breath in and try to instead simply see the bounty of goodness here today. 
the community of thoughtful designers from all around the world who have chosen to spend their day together in positive discourse about the work they do and their love for it. You are a valuable member of this community. You are part of something bigger than yourself. You see value in this larger scheme and seek knowledge by immersing yourself in its richness. If your eyes are open, you will see everything. The outcome rests mostly in how you decide to look. This will guide you on your journey and help you appreciate the goodness around you today. I just like I, I kind of want to build off of what you were sharing, Stephanie, about uh, the cancer scare. Um, I was like looking at your Instagram and I noticed that you had this one post where you sort of very deliberately announced that you were taking a break and it was a very, you know, concerted vacation time. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like I guess the question that I'm wondering is like, what compelled you to share? Because you don't also share that much other personal stuff on your Instagram. Like, what compelled you to share this need to uh, let people know that you're taking a break? And then also, you said in that post that you were, it was after a time of a lot of activity and work. Um, mm-hmm. So, what does rest look like and mean to you now that you've been through an experience like that? Um, so what I do when I take a break from work, um, yeah, spend time in nature. Like I love hiking. It sounds cliche, but I love hiking and just being away from the city. And I think for a really long time, I was also, I was always living in cities, never outside. I was also raised in a city. Um, to me, it was really obvious. So that is also the place where you go and look for relaxation like in the city um but yeah it's so important to detach from everything everything like go as far away as possible like even if it's public transport or your bike um just not being surrounded by a lot of people preferable no people um touch animals just pet animals (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any pets? Yeah, I adopted a dog uh, a month ago. Yeah. And Drew's pointing at his cat. Oh yes, a cat. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, cat. He sits there now. Was the was the dog a, a puppy or was it grown? Um, he's one year old. Uh, okay. He was born in Portugal and adopted by people from Belgium, and we adopted the dog from the people in Belgium. Oh wow! Wanted to get cool. rid of him after. Eight months, yeah. Yeah. And the dog is the best thing ever. What? Wait, how long have you had the dog for? No, a month. One month. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I I was just going to say, do you find that, like you mentioned, the lack of sort of ritual or, I mean, not ritual, but schedule, like routine. Do you find Mm -hmm. that that, like I'm similar in that I don't want to have a routine that like I feel shame or guilt about like not fulfilling yeah. <laughs> but then I also find that like I don't make the time for the things like how do you balance that like how do you say like oh I need to spend more time outside I don't want to have a routine I'm not going to like block off the time uh-huh. but I'm just is it more just like l- not scheduling as much and then saying like oh let's go for a hike today because we don't have anything to do exactly yeah like living just intuitively I would say and also with a dog, it's, it's really important that you have a routine. Like we have a garden, but you have to walk your dog. Um, but when I go, I so I walk the dog three times a day, but it's always a different time. And um, one of those three times I go to a dog park and then I just talk to other people. And the other two times I try to take a lot of different routes 
and never this i mean of course like once in a while it will be exactly the same thing but i try to have a lot of um yeah like different um, enough variables Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess the reason why I'm asking is because for me, I feel like there's moments where I love that. And then there's other moments where it's like stressful in and of itself because I'm like, it's another decision I have to make, you know? Yeah, true. So do you you feel that ever or is it more like you're just... No, I just do. I just, yeah, (laughs) I just do. That's awesome. It sounds like actually you've moved into the space where you're you're operating much more fluidly. Like you're allowing things to happen and you're allowing things to step away when mm-hmm. you need them. And that feels like, as you said, you're much more in the moment, which I think is really important for designers because I think when we want to make changes, we think about schedules and deadlines and routines. And mm-hmm. I think doing the counter to that can be very healing. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. I think like you can easily be in a workflow where you feel like a prisoner of your own job, whether you're mm-hmm. yeah, like independent or working in a company. And there is no such thing as that. Like you are free. Like it's only your mindset. You need to change that. And you need to be realizing like every single second that every single second you are able to choose something else if you're not happy in that moment like and everything in your life it's super important like we we can all die within five minutes you know it's a reality like better just like go for what you love doing and what you don't feel like doing of course like there are a lot of things that we have to do like paying taxes and <laughs> we don't like to but um if you feel situations are not like you're not benefiting from it or it's not making you feel good then just walk away and if you do the right thing like it will never come like hit you in the face or it will never be a bad thing like it's difficult to walk away but once you detach um good other good things will come into place right Mm -hmm. i'm curious was that like was that attitude that you have now of like being accepting of the moment something that you found hard to do previously? Yeah, I was not living in the moment. I was every minute like planning ahead. I also through my phone. So I was living my life through my phone. I was back then I also had like a private account on Instagram and my, my whole life was there nonstop. So I would be somewhere and taking pictures and then, okay, I'm going to post that. So I, so I was basically living through the screen, like watching my surroundings through the screen. And then I would come home and take the time and go through those pictures and then post. And then if you think about it, it's just crazy. It's, yeah, um, yeah it's not... What what would you say? I mean, the the health scare obviously prompted this, but what would you say were the most important things that allowed you to to transition into like this different mindset? Because obviously, it must not have been easy to go from that to this. Yeah, well, I think those six months where it was really the focus on my health, like I also met a lot of different people who once had a similar situation uh, and um, yeah, just, I had to take a forced break. I'm how not sure you find if these I people. That. Sorry? I was just going to ask, how did you get connected with these people? Um, oh, uh, difficult to say. Um, I guess I spent more time outside and I just going for a coffee and, or telling the story to a friend. And then this friend tells me like, ah, I know someone mm. that's the same thing. And just, yeah, like talking, I guess. Cool. Um, but I think if I didn't have had the, the issue with my arm, I would have never came to the different mindsets. It was just really there for, hey, it's not good what you're doing now. And now if I feel like I'm, how do you say, uh, exceeding my limits with work, my arm, like where the tumor was, gives like this pulsating. Wow. Arm, and it's my alarm. That's wild. 
my yeah. alarm bell you know yeah your body is like knows yeah. your body that's knows. so interesting because yeah. that's like when i don't know if this is real but a few instances of like in pop culture where like people have been abducted by aliens or had like probes <laughs> they say like whenever they're like at that time of the day or like that place where they were abducted like they get a sensation <laughs> yes <laughs> it reminds me of that maybe it was like an alien uh yeah who knows signal yeah but uh <laughs> not to introduce like completely insane conspiracy theories that are unfounded and i don't have any reference for them but yeah. uh maybe yeah. that let's <clears throat> talk about aliens yeah uh, <laughs> i, I want to bring this a little bit back to your work but um so we both really like that there's a sense of play as well as a sense of order in your work. And we're just really curious, like how you balance the sense of ease as well as rigidity. Mm -hmm. um, but actually what I'm more in curious about is like, is there any crossover in that kind of thinking between your personality and your work? Like, are you super playful, but then also like very organized and like systematic? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. you, you answered the question yes okay, that's great. really how i would describe myself um i'm um i'm pisces from like uh, my astrology sign is pisces yeah. but my uh antecedent or mm -hmm. what other thing is Virgo. Like the minor sign yeah so you have like the, the the one sign that you were born on but then there's the other sign that you how you come across um right people. right yeah 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 yeah. Um, pisces and virgo and pisces is very like creative and dreamy and playful and virgo is very strict perfectionist and structured <laughs> yeah do those come in conflict and then like how do you deal with that conflict uh, no, I don't have a conflict with that. I think it's uh, it's a good thing uh, because I I tend to have yeah like phases where the one uh, element is taking over, but then mm -hmm. through my work maybe I'm forced to sometimes get out of that playful crazy atmosphere right, right. and and the other way around. Uh, I think yeah. I'm very happy to have those two elements uh, in there. But um, I feel the most happy in a project where I can start from scratch, where I uh, where I'm in charge, where like to to balance it out in my work right. myself. Mm. Yeah, where you can yeah. kind of bring that inventiveness to the project yes. yeah. from a blank yeah. point. Cool. Yeah, and in a I way, mean, I think um, I I approach my work. Let's say like I have to make a poster, like a typographic uh, poster. Um, I see like there's a space, there's a limitation of space, there's an amount of letters and it's always like, okay, I have all this rigid information, how can I fill the page to the maximum in a very playful <laughs> way without losing hierarchy? So like maintaining an overview and that's kind of what's right. going on in my head as well. <laughs> ah. So there are like little challenges that you set for yourself that you can bring yeah. that playfulness to. That's awesome. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, I mean, it definitely has like the sense of, I would say play is very prominent, like in every piece that I've seen, that we've mm -hmm. seen. Um, and I'm wondering, because it is so refined, but it has a level of like unfinishedness, that I feel like is intentional like mm -hmm. how do you balance that like clearly there is a very intense sense of order mm -hmm. and there also is like chaos mm -hmm. like how does that feel like while you're working and what do you how do you think through these like because it's like sort of like creating problems and solving them but leaving some of the problems unsolved like, mm -hmm. something like that does that make sense yeah 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 it's it's right um i for a really long time i think like the first 10 years when i was working i was doing the opposite kind of work that i'm doing now um i was doing a lot of uh, typesetting of phd <laughs> books and um like very dry material and i think because i'm able to do 
so much um, playful work at this moment. I go crazy in that and I enjoy that I'm in charge of saying like, okay, now this is finished. You understand what I'm saying? So yeah, when, when you're making a book, you're working with so many different people together and that everyone decides, okay, now it's finished. But for a poster or a kind of illustration, it's different there. I just go for a certain, yeah, a certain feeling that I get. Mm. And I can't really describe it because it's not, there's not, there's not some parameters that I have like, okay, it has to be this, 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 and then it's final. It doesn't, for me, it doesn't exist. It's really like I'm working and then a one click mouse click. I'm like, okay, yeah, done. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's like, there yeah. is an intuition that you're trusting <laughs> and a playfulness that you're like following. Yeah. And one thing, and I feel like when I've worked, and maybe James can relate to this too, at my best, that's how I work. But I have periods where I can't find that like feeling. <laughs> like, I think one of the things that I keep coming up to in this conversation is like this, this tension between discipline and intuition and fluidity of the way things are done, like in the way that you live your life, in the way that you work. And it's like, most people, I feel like, develop routines or structures or rules for themselves because they want to make sure that they don't lose mm -hmm. sight, lose the ability to do this. Like there could be a day where you wake up and you just feel like not you, but like me, like uninspired and you're not sure how to do it. And then you have nothing to fall back on. So I'm wondering, yeah, maybe if you could talk about like how you make sure that you don't lose that like whimsicality and sense of play and, and allow for this process to always happen effectively, you know? Yeah, you know, I've been thinking about that for a long time. Um, and I came to the conclusion, I think last month, I was talking to someone about it, that I, I was calling it procrastinating for a really long time. Like when you say like you're creatively blocked or you don't, you're not creatively blocked, but you feel like doing something else. But while I'm while I was doing these other things in, instead of working or like the procrastination, the job was or is always in the back of my head. And so during these events, like from time to time, I would think about it. And sometimes I have like a vision and then okay, maybe I should solve it like that. So you are in a very strange way like working on it. And you're forming ideas and you're, you're just allowing yourself to just, yeah, like to, um, wait, what's the word? Um, to be a filter for whatever can come in your head or mind that mm -hmm. gets you to that point where you, you feel you can start again. Um, so now when I have... Sometimes I go really far, like I have a deadline the next day. So no, I have a deadline on Friday and I know I should really start working on Monday to get that deadline. But on Monday, several stuff happens and I'm like, oh, no, today is not today. Okay, fine. It's only Monday. <laughs> on Tuesday, I have the same. It's like, no, today is not today. You find something else or you just do another job that is not important, but you feel like doing it. You feel really bad. On Wednesday, you feel it's like a critical moment. You like you should get started. Probably that's the time where you should start to, talking about it to someone. Like, yeah, I have this job, and you know, like not complaining, but having a discussion with someone. But that discussion, that talk to someone else, is even really important for you to already, yeah, like allow ideas mm. to come in. And then the next day, you feel like this is super critical. I should start working. That's most of the time, the moment where I feel, okay, it's now or never, but you know, you have still one day. And yeah. so, but then once I get started, the days before the job has been on my mind and then ideas come in because sometimes I feel like if I get a really long time to work on something, I just, it doesn't happen. Yeah. It's too much time. And 
it's I, I mean I love experimenting and and I love like the the face in where where you're just sketching, but sometimes it's not so good. Sometimes you really need to yeah first mm. get the the seats ready and that's all. Yeah. There's also uh, always the morning of the meeting if you yeah. wake up early <laughs> enough, <laughs> which has been my my uh, strategy lately. But uh, <laughs> but yeah no I totally relate to that. I feel like. Yeah. I feel like certain people work when they're not working and certain people don't. Uh, yeah, of course. And yeah. I think yeah. I think it depends, but I think for me, and I don't know if James, you feel the same way, like there is a lot going on and a lot of thought happening. And even if it's a little bit frustrated until you start working, uh-huh. there's still like some brainstorming or sort of like you're looking like if I'll go to a concert instead of working and then at the concert I see like the musician like press a certain button that does something weird that I wasn't expecting I'm like oh what if like there's like a shape yeah. in this composition that no one's yeah. expecting and that yeah. like you know you get like things from from what you're yeah. taking in <clears throat> I have a friend right now who's he's got a big museum show coming up and he's like having the hardest time working and i think for me personally it's like building up that anticipation and that anxiety to like force myself to make certain decisions and make things but like it's funny because he keeps on saying like oh i gotta work i gotta work and i think that we have the i I appreciate your explanation stephanie because i feel like we have this thing as designers that like there's a certain way of understanding when we're working and that's like Mm -hmm. sitting in front of the computer screen and making something but Mm -hmm. there's so much involved in our work that doesn't require it requires time and space to think through what we're going to do and that's why i keep reassuring my friend is like you're processing right now you're processing you'll figure it out and when you figure it out it'll be much more efficient once you've processed all that rather than force yourself to sit at the desk and churn mm-hmm. out something that you know you're not really adamant about or you don't care about and i i just love mm-hmm. that like space that you're giving yourself yeah. yeah i completely agree and sometimes it's also if you, if you think about okay what is actually blocking me it's always very difficult to to pin down like what what is the yeah the, the blocking aspect um, for me it can be a very um, simple thing as like my desk that is messy and then mm-hmm. I clean up my desk, but completely empty. And then I feel like a symbolic, like clean paper. Right. Um, or sometimes it's really like you first need to do these other jobs. And even though they're not as urgent, but they're just gone then. Or even right. like you have to work your through your emails, like answering all this stuff that you know, okay, like everything is gone and now there is space, like you say, right. like um, mm-hmm. in your head, but also in your surroundings. Yeah. And yeah, it's super important. Yeah, I'm all about yeah. cleaning before you work. <laughs> yeah. not, not my yeah. desk per se, like my desk can be messy, but like cleaning all the other <laughs> things in my life, yeah. It's also yeah. like that process of like, you know, okay, my kitchen's a mess. What if I just spend 20 minutes this morning before I do anything else cleaning yeah. it? A, that's like a physical and mental activity. It's not mm-hmm. just a thing that happens. It's actually an experience, right? So then mm-hmm. you have that experience. That experience makes you feel calm. That experience <laughs> makes you feel responsible. That experience motivates you to be responsible and calm in other aspects of your life. Like, uh, oh, maybe right. if I start, you know, responding to emails, I'll also feel calm. And, and <laughs> like the energy that you get from one experience can bleed into the other which is why i think like you know people say oh like if you exercise you have more energy which doesn't make sense but it's like Mm -hmm. it's momentum to be to a certain extent yeah momentum and uh different frames of mind different like physical Mm -hmm. like manifestations of like your mind yeah Uh, your body's doing things it's like you're like almost like a puppet or something of your own mind yeah (laughs) uh but i was gonna ask because i'm a brand designer now and i've had many attempts at other types of things uh and still try to work in like illustration or more formal like poster work and stuff but as a brand designer i struggle a lot with integrating like 
you know, expressive image making and form making and play with systems thinking and, and scaling up mm-hmm. systems. And I was wondering how, because your work is very system focused in, in many instances, like there are systems at play, like particularly I'm thinking of things like the, who's, who's coming to dinner or is that what it mm-hmm. is? Who's, yeah. um, who's invited to dinner? Like it's a system that you understand and look at and read as a system, but it has like so much play and uncertainty and like spontaneity to it. I'm wondering how, how you balance those things and create these systems and what your relationship to systems is in general. I think for me, for example, that poster is in the the first design. I created just one space where I allow myself to play like it's like a typographic play because for every speaker I search another typeface um, but if I have to work with a grid like a yeah like a system um, it's good for me to know where in this rigid system there is space to experiment and to do something else and uh, and to break free to do the opposite of what you're already doing uh, I think that's yeah, the importance of it, uh, but it's super difficult because it depends on if you are able to make the material yourself or if you get material. Um, like I'm talking about images or illustrations, um, it's yeah, it's it's difficult unless you're doing everything yourself. Um, but um, yeah, I'm not sure if that's a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just wondering, like, like. Uh systems are so can be seen as limited or like sort of restricting restrictive Mm -hmm. but it seems like your relationship with them and in your work is like very um different from that like it seems like you know i I think it's maybe the projects that i get to do that i i'm asked to do it or yeah like yeah maybe it's just the project itself that requires it. But for example, I'm now finished. I, I designed the identity and visual identity for a new festival. Um, and um, so I designed the logo. And so it's only like typographic. Um, and there I found it also hard to, for all the... Um, you know, like social media templates, like all the banners and everything uh, that comes after to get variation in there, but it's super hard because sometimes you can't add something and you can play with the layout a bit, but yeah, not so much. So it varies on the project, I guess. support now we love hearing from the design community call us at 202-507-9158 please share your story with us after the tone we'll do our best to respond on our podcast please leave a name or alias design role and location thank you for your call that you participated in a, a Squarespace event called Class of 2020. Um, oh, yeah. I'm curious about what that experience was like and like how you feel about creating spaces for professional practice and like mentorship and, you know, how we as an industry could foster more professional and personal community. 
Um, the project for Squarespace, I was just, I was asked to uh, give advice to people who were just graduating. Mm-hmm. And they asked me questions in advance that I had to answer. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was difficult because I never got the feedback from the people. So it was just uh, shared on Instagram. Yeah. And yeah. it was not um it was not live. Yeah. But um I think it's kind of it was in a nutshell what I would say to the I was teaching for uh one year uh to stuff I would say to first year graphic design students, you know, those kind of advices. Um, or I work with interns, like I have one or two per year. And it's also that kind of um, energy and type of conversations in the beginning um, that I have. But I love sharing, yeah, like work-related stuff and if they want personal stuff as well because as a self-employed graphic designer I think it goes hand in hand like Mm -hmm. everything is so so entangled you can't really I mean you can separate but yeah in my life it's not so easy (laughs) right Mm. right I was wondering also this is maybe not the most uh fluid transition but (laughs) there seems to be like (laughs) a lot of confidence that comes through in the way that you approach the work and I don't think I think to make work that looks as like kind of like fluid and expressive and colorful and uh, you know responsive to different emotions it has to have a confidence to it and like the confidence to not do something safer or more straightforward and I'm wondering where that confidence for you came from and where you get, find it and like how, how you feel comfortable to be like a little bit more daring or boundary pushing in how you create. Um, because I think at one point I just stopped comparing myself to others. Oh, wow. I, I yeah. admire a lot of different graphic designers, but like just everyone is different. Like everyone yeah. Your, your work, your life, like your personality, like, and people can, you know, be influenced by each other, which is definitely, you know, it's there. Like, you cannot say that there's one person on earth who is not influenced by someone else. Like, there's so many visuals that we see every day. But um, in the end, when, when I'm designing, I'm really not busy thinking about, ooh, what would this person think of it or what... Just in general, I don't, I don't care, and it's not, mm-hmm. it's not a negative thing or, or, or arrogance, but I just do what makes me happy, and um, and people seem to pick up and feel the energy through my work. Mm-hmm. I guess. But, um, in the yeah, in the beginning, let's yeah, let's say like the first ten years, um, I was really busy with comparing myself and looking at others and. But then it, it made me really unhappy because I was yeah. so focused on the outside and not on the inside. And it's the same with the iPhone. Like you're focused right. on the outside and not the inside. And right. same with my it arm as well. Better. Like the more yeah. outwards you go, the less inwards you go. And right. the best work you create comes from from your insides, mm. not from outside. Yeah. Strange. And when, strange yeah, sentence. I mean... When you go inside, what does that experience feel like? Like, where do these impulses, this is like maybe hard to describe, but like, can you maybe give us a glimpse into like what that creative process feels like when you feel as if it's working in a way that you enjoy, in a way that doesn't feel like that negative, like, oh, is this cool enough to be on like this blog or am I going to get like good Instagram likes or whatever? Like, what does it feel like to not think that way and how does it kind of like how do you start with yeah with finding a a typeface that inspires me that's really Mm -hmm. really important to me like i can spend hours and hours on looking uh at type foundries websites i follow uh, some students from uh, typography schools and that's really like my starting points basically like 
sometimes I can have like during a job, like a typeface in my head that I saw somewhere or that I just maybe purchased and I'm like, okay, I want to do something with it. And then, then I'm talking about self-initiated work. But other than that, if I'm working on a project, like a paid project, it's often the, the typeface that inspires me, mm-hmm. that I see a form and, and then everything gets connected, build up mm. around that. that. That's a wonderful explanation. That yeah, also cool. leads me to this question. And this is kind of working off an assumption, but um, from my understanding, Belgium is sort of you know, situated between a lot of different countries and also uh, languages. <clears throat> and so I f- see in your typography, like a fluidity of handling language. Um, you, you've obviously designed in multiple different languages, but I also saw some experiments where they kind of look like, you know, Chinese calligraphy and you're approaching typography from a very structural way. Mm-hmm. Do you think there is a correlation to sort of being in Belgium and then approaching typography in like a fluid linguistic way or maybe visual way in a different way than maybe most other cultures do? For sure. Yeah. Because we are, yeah, we're really in the middle of a lot of different styles, like up north from us. And of course, like, yeah, there's, there's Switzerland as well, but it's more like the minimal static um, design. And then, yeah, below us, it's more fluid and intuitive. And I think it's nice that we can have this combination. Uh, but I can't really say how how it comes that I have it in my work. Maybe I... Yeah, maybe I have an eye for it. Maybe it comes on my path, but or maybe it's a general style in Belgium. Mm, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I'm just curious, like, kind of how you see your. I guess the question is like, how you see your Belgian Belgianness, your Belgianness ah, yeah. coming through the work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, adaptation, like. Mm. Um, Belgian people are the ones who always adapt themselves in many different situations. Right. Also language. Like we go to another country and we really want to speak the language of that country. Oh, wow. And and in our, like, it's really, I think, bad to generalize it, you know, because there's no such thing as a typical Belgian. But I think a lot of, like, Belgian people that I know tend to be observing and um yeah like first looking around and then acting we're not Mm. the most loud people or extrovert Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. um yeah we we observe more um and we are influenced by a lot of different cultures as well Mm, yeah. We had um, Spain reign over us. We had yeah, we had many different <laughs> countries reign over us, right. and that creates a certain character, I guess. Right, right. Cool. <laughs> um, one thing that we like to do in sort of wrapping up the show is coming up with a mantra, and I think you said something really beautiful that, like, you know, the best work comes from within. So maybe mm. there's something we can expand about, like. You know, don't focus on the outside or stay within or, you know, stay, mm-hmm. yeah, like, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, stay within maybe to stay, stay focused on. Don't go out, Don't go out, stay in. <laughs> That's very COVID-esque. Stay inside. Yeah. Stay inside. Yeah. Within or, or without. Within yeah. and without. Yeah, yeah that's nice. I love that. I don't know yeah. why. I always think within, within and without. without. Within and without. Yeah. Um, I was wondering too, just before we wrap, because I feel like there's so much that I would love to talk about still. But um, is there anything you feel like you would you want to share that we haven't touched on? That's like really important to you and how you think about all this stuff. No, not really, because I actually when I read the question the first question about like what made the biggest change. I think it's a mm-hmm. really important thing and not a lot of people know that about me. And um, I think because of that question, I was able to talk about a lot of different things that are mm. changing in my life or changing yeah. my life. And mm-hmm. uh, I feel like maybe like graphic designers who just start out could help, you know? Right. Um, yeah. 
I love the talk. It was really like ah, nice that I can <laughs> yeah. talk these things yeah, yeah amazing thank i mean yeah. thank you so much for sharing it's, it's like not we always are so surprised about what we hear on this podcast <laughs> yeah. and we appreciate like yeah the generosity and the, the openness yeah. <clears throat> um yeah i was we also, also really appreciate that like we've been getting this feedback more but i feel like we've we've getting a lot of feedback of like our guests finding the experience very refreshing and different from most interviews. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, thank you for coming. For sure. on. Yeah.